Angela, I just want to let you know I did get tickets. So, week 13, you and me, Heinz Field, to see Antonio Brown face off against Keenan Allen and the Los Angeles Chargers the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Wow. You're going home. I think if you have no reception, not be able to set your lineup on a last-minute injury because you decided to go to that game over taking fantasy football seriously. That honestly happened to me this this weekend because I was I was at the Penn State versus um, who do, who did we even play? Appalachian App State. Yeah. Appalachian Appalachian game and uh, there was there was don't some forget break. their name, Derek. Yeah, they they almost I, slapped us, Derek. I don't ah, know. <laughs> I don't know the correct pronunciation of pronunciation. the name. Yeah, I don't really know the pronunciation of that word either. Oh you live in God. the Appalachian Mountains. Bitch. Oh no. But I couldn't, I couldn't get service. I couldn't pick up uh, the the waivers. There was breaking news this weekend. We'll get into it a little bit later. But um, this is Next Man Up, your fantasy football podcast for all your start sits, ad drops, and other fantasy football news. I'm your host and commissioner, Derek Rieger, and I'm here with my two friends, Angela Madison Jr. and Greg Avazi. And we have a guest today um, in this corner, weighing in at approximately. 300 pounds, only because he's standing on the shoulders of Alvin Kamara. It is a man who pushed his girlfriend out of bed for calling him daddy and did not apologize. No, I will not apologize. <laughs> <laughs> he was once buried under eight pounds of Orville Redenbacher popcorn and ate his way out. The man, the myth, the legend, Johnny D. That's actually that's actually we we may get soon. Welcome, John. Thank you, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. So, um, little fun fact: we are actually the four highest scoring uh, fantasy football players in our league right now. Number one's coming by in projection. with projection. By projection, you know, ESPN projections—they can get a little funky sometimes. They're pretty accurate. I know. I, I'm pretty sure Tom actually tries to get the lowest ESPN projection. He's failing this week so far. Because yeah, well, he, he's close though. Yeah. He's close. Well, it's actually yeah, because I think Chris is actually the lowest, but he's got Alshon Jeffrey. But Angelo comes in at 117. Team's OP is anything. I'm coming in at 110. Greg coming in at 109 and 108. Everybody's pretty close right now. Week one Thursday. What's going on? Thank God I need to play Keith. His his projection's still high, but at least a little bit lower than you guys. Yeah, what? He's just below me, I think. I think he's sitting around 104, 105. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's finally the week we've all been waiting for. Uh, your favorite matchup, Derek versus Angelo. Oh, no. The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wait, which one am I? Uh, Probably I, Texas Rattlesnake, I, I, right? I think. I don't think you're the rock. Uh, it, I mean, <laughs> I, is it because you, 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 you had a good tan going in San Diego, but I, oh, don't, thank you. I don't think it's good enough to be the rock. I, I'm going to be like Samoan or something. Maybe now? a little bit more muscle tone. I would get a tribal tattoo, I think. I think I could do that. Oh, my God. Hold up, hold up, let me get this. Can you smell what D-Rock is cooking? Oh, God. That, that made me cringe Yeah, I feel so like hard. somebody needs to punch me in the face that and pour a beer on me now. Oh my god. Guys, we're going to start something this uh, this pod out with a segment that's pretty new. It's called Either Or. We are going to start off with two players that are going in similar positions in drafts, have similar ADPs, and go around stating our preference. So first, first pairing up, we have Devonta Freeman 
and Jordan Howard. All right, so I I, I also have to, or I have Devonta Freeman for this pick. Um, I really don't feel the need to over-explain it or anything. I feel like the Falcons had a down year in general last year. It was the first year under uh, Steve Sarkeesian, and the offense was still uh, gelling. Um, you know, Julio Jones only had three touchdowns on the season. That's an outlier year. I feel like the entire offense is due for some positive regression, regression to the mean, whatever you say. Um, and I feel like Devonta Freeman is going to assert himself once again as a dominant fantasy running back with a lot of touchdowns, tons of touchdowns, tons of upside. I will say, though, if Jordan Howard starts catching balls, that's a scary, scary thought. Derek, you must know a lot about catching balls. I want you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Angelo showed up 20 minutes late to record. <laughs> He's just I all worked up in my 12 business. hours, America. I worked 12 hours and I didn't get home until 3. Alright? But hear me out now. Devontae Freeman is the safer pick. However, Matt Nagy proved to me last week that he is willing and ready to put Jordan Howard in third down situations, which means he'll be catching the football. Was that was that preseason? Was it that was preseason? preseason. He proved to you in the preseason. He proved to me in the preseason. It's Derek, a where else are the regular season? Where yeah. else are you gonna do it, Derek? Oh no, <laughs> not talking about practice. We're not talking about practice. We're not talking about. <laughs> we ain't talking about the game. <laughs> Now, Angelo, I, I agree with but that. But we're not talking about practice right now. Angelo, I agree with that because you don't win your fantasy football league by taking the safe picks. You win them by taking those upside picks like Jordan Howard, by looking at those little observations like the fact he's going to be getting more third down touches. And the other thing, I was reading some different takes on what this uh, Khalil Mack trade means, but one of the things that it means, in my opinion, is that offense is going to make the field a lot more. He's a force to be reckoned with on that defensive end. So I think that really raises the stock of a lot of players on the Bears offense, especially Jordan Howard. It's going to be getting the ball back a lot quicker, maybe actually having to run the clock out with a lead, getting him more touches, getting him more carries near the end of the game. I think that's the better pick here. I think this pick comes down to who do you think will be more likely to have a, a rusher behind them that's going to do some damage, going to steal some touchdowns from you. And I think that Tevin Coleman is just a little bit more Absolutely. likely to uh, steal a, a few touchdowns from Devontae Freeman than uh, Tariq Cohen from Jordan Howard. Yeah, yeah especially with them using um, Tevin Coleman as like a run as a catcher. Like I think there's Absolutely. a lot of passes down the red zone. Well, we have we have both the owners of these players right now. So um, if Johnny and Angelo are facing off against each other with. The RB2 being Devonta Freeman and Jordan Howard, uh, which one of you would be more confident, um, you know, taking away the fact that Angela also has Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, just one week. America, I'm smiling. You can't see it. John, anything else? Any final retorts? Mm. He's scared. A little scared. I see it in his eyes. As he vigorously nods his head. All right, moving on. So next up, we got we got two players that are big time receivers. We got T.Y. Hilton and Tyreek Hill, both going around the start of the third round in drafts this year. Guys, what do you what do you think? My guy over here making some good picks today. Uh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Pound it. Respect. I just, want, I just want to add in, there's also a lot of uncertainty around the quarterback position for both of these players. You have uh, T.Y. Hilton with Andrew Luck. They haven't really put together a full season together since about 2016, I think. And then you have Pat Mahomes coming in for the new Kansas City regime. So I feel like a big part of this decision is who do you believe in that's throwing them the ball? I think that... T.Y. Hilton has a little bit of a higher ceiling than T.Y. Um, but other than that, I think that Andrew Luck has looked very, very good. Uh, I was expecting him to you know, be a little bit rusty, have a little bit of uh, overthrown ball. Um, but I just haven't seen it this, this preseason. And I think that that gives you a, a, little, bit, a little bit of safety. Well, when it comes to T.Y. Hilton, I think that if Andrew Luck can continue to look how he's looked this preseason, 
that there shouldn't be any concerns there. I think that you have to be a little bit hesitant when you're talking about a rookie, well, not a rookie, excuse me, a second-year quarterback, but it's first year actually playing in the regular season. Um, it's all about safety to me, and I think T.Y. Is, is the safer bet here. John, you've been screwed by Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton time and time again. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Well, in our second-ever fantasy football draft, I had the first pick, and I selected Andrew Luck as my first pick. Probably the worst ever first pick in the history of our drafts. I think that's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what what year was that? Was that, that the... was our soft, that was sophomore year. But what happened to Andrew Luck? Was it a uh, lacerated kidney? Lacerated kidney, lacerated everything. He just he just fell apart, and that began his demise. And last year, I guess I I didn't have enough of that him torturing me, so I decided to pick up T. Y. Hilton early in the draft with hopes mm-hmm. that maybe Andrew Luck would come back. But no, Andrew Luck had more in store for me. He was he was taking his time with his recovery, and he never came back. And then and T.Y. Hilton. All day, baby. He took all day. There was nothing to worry about for week one. And then we started worrying, and we didn't stop worrying. And it just... Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I, do, I do think I prefer T.Y. Hilton this year. Um, when you look at... His 2014 and 2016 stats, which were um, years in which Andrew Luck was pretty much healthy, uh, you know, 15 or 16 games each year. Uh, You're looking at 82 to 91 receptions, about 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, To put that in perspective, Hill's 2017 stats when he had that breakout year was 70 uh, receptions, 1,100 yards and um, seven touchdowns. So it's, it just comes down to upside, but like I said, there's a lot of risk involved uh, with both of these um, guys. You know, there could be regression under Mahomes. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of weapons on the Kansas City Chiefs um, with Sammy Watkins coming into the business as well. We don't know who's really going to be the go-to target, but we've seen some preseason deep balls thrown to Tyreek. And uh, you can't help but uh, salivate a little at the potential and the upside. Greg, you got anything to add? T.Y., I really, Luck really did take his time, but uh, I think that's really going to pay off. And I'm really excited to see what that offense does this year. Sweet, sweet. So uh, coming up next, we got two target monsters, uh, PPR legends. You got Larry Fitzgerald. And Jarvis Landry both going around the 312 in 12 team leagues, about the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Um, what are we thinking? Well, Larry Fitzgerald is one of these players that you're just thinking, like, God, man, he's got to slow down soon. It's got to happen soon. He's, he's ancient. How long can this possibly last? But he keeps producing and. I I never know what to do with Larry Fitzgerald. I, I'm never quite sure. But let me read you off this from last season. Uh, in non-PPR, uh, Larry Fitzgerald started the year off with 10 points, went 3, 27, 11, 8, 22, and 4 points in the first 7 weeks. Guys, I love Larry Fitzgerald, but... Talk about a roller coaster. Yeah, man, I... I need some consistency at the wide receiver position and Larry Fitzgerald as up and down as they come and I feel like if anything that is something that you can hang your hat on when you say I don't know it it might be a little bit of a regression this year. How do you feel about the quarterback situation over there this year compared to last year? Don't get me started on Sam Bradford. I hate him. Sammy Biscuits? I loathe him with every bone in my body. He's just inconsistent. So you're now you're pairing a wide receiver that's inconsistent with a quarterback that is proven to be inconsistent. I don't know. I don't know. Jarvis Landry just seems to be the, the guy in Cleveland right now until Josh Gordon can prove that he can stay on the field uh, and be a, a wide receiver that produces week to week. I think you're safe with Jarvis Landry this year. 
Andrew, I don't know what's going on. I hate that I'm agreeing with you this much, but I gotta go, gotta go, Landry. If for no other reason than I think, uh, skill wise at this point in their career and fantasy, how that translates into fantasy points is pretty comparable. But again, you're looking at the age of Fitzgerald, and at one level he continues to amaze, but you wonder when that runs out. But really, looking at those quarterback situations, you have inconsistent Sam Bradford with. Rookie who I have less faith in, in Josh Rosen, throwing to Fitzgerald. Then you go over and you look, and you have the most underrated quarterback in the league. the mo- One of the most efficient quarterbacks in and the league. And he's not talking about Baker Mayfield, in by the way. Tyrod <laughs> Taylor. My boy Tyrod is going to hook Jarvis up with that ball, and then eventually he's going to lose the job to Baker. <laughs> and Baker, I have so much faith in Baker. That's right. You're, yes, you're, Greg. You're, I, I have no Preach, Greg. I have no faith in him as a person after that food truck incident. <laughs> but he's not going to collapse the way that Johnny Football did. I have faith in Baker that he's going to do good things for this Cleveland team. He's going to give Jarvis Landry some good fantasy numbers. I'm really excited for this season. Again, that Browns offense, they're going to drop 40 on you in a game. It's going to be great. I don't agree with you. I think you're both very stupid people. Um, so, oh, what else is new? As the resident Larry Legend Fitzgerald owner in this league, I need to remind everybody that in fantasy football, volume reigns supreme and trumps all. You look at you're looking at both of these offenses. Larry Fitzgerald is going to be the only productive receiver. On the on the offense, outside of Christian Kirk, who's a rookie, do you do you know what happens to rookie wide receivers their first year? They do nothing. They do nothing. You know what happens? They when, did nothing when, last year. Do you know what happens when there are no good wide receivers on a team? Guys get double covered. There's one good receiver on the team. Two really good receivers on the team. When you talk about David Johnson out of the backfield as well, and I also like Ricky Seals uh, Jones at tight end as a sleeper candidate to be possibly a fringe uh, tight end one in the top twelve as well. But you guys give no respect to Sam Bradford. I know he has health concerns, but he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. Um, the potential's there. I want it to. I want it to come all together. I'm praying that it comes all together because my fantasy season, I will admit, is just weighing on Sam Bradford's glass knees. Cool. <laughs> Actually, yeah, cool. Derek, what do you think he's gonna tear this year? This guy is gonna catch a hundred balls, Larry Fitzgerald. I say it time and time again. You can lock him in in the back of the third, beginning of the fourth. I would say fourth round. I got him in the fourth round. I think that's a value. And I think that's a perfect position, especially in PPR formats. Derek, I just think it's really John. Back me up here, <laughs> Derek. Wait, wait, wait. Oh no, <laughs> Johnny. Before you go, I think it's important for our fans to understand that you're hanging your entire season on shifty quarterback at Sam Bradford. Derek, what happens to offenses that only have one good receiver? What happens to them, Derek? People load up the box, they put eight men in, sometimes they put nine because they're not worried about the outside, and then David Johnson gets stuffed. What are you going to do with that, Derek? David Johnson doesn't get stuffed. When he's got nine in the box, he sure is going to get stuffed. You know David Johnson doesn't get stuffed. It wasn't a leg injury, Angelo. Stuffed! The dude's jumping out of a pool with no, no diving board, like just straight up, like the strength is back. He's going to be back to being one of the most elusive running backs in the NFL. Once again, I'm very comfortable uh, with my odds facing you week one. And I feel like I'm going to give you a run for your money. That's cute. <laughs> Moving on, uh, John's going to kick this one off because he has um, you know, a love affair with this first, this first player of this pair. You have Lamar Miller and Derrick Henry both coming off the board at the... Fourth fourth pick of the fourth round. John, tell us about this relationship. How'd you guys meet? Derek, like you said, fantasy volume is king. Lamar Miller, the volume man. He just he runs a, he gets the ball a lot every game. He doesn't do much with it, but he gets a lot of touches. He's the clear number one running back. He is, but he doesn't do too. He, he still doesn't move that far. He'll get like two or three. He'll, he'll just chip away at it. And I think with Watson back this year, I think that'll be a big help to his game. It'll really open things up yeah, for him. Yeah, because they'll be worried about Watson running or him passing it, and then that'll open things up. And now he'll start getting four yards, yards a carry. Yeah. 
I think Lamar Miller is basically like the marshmallow man from uh, Ghostbusters. Just this big looming presence that you can't help but acknowledge. Uh, you're not going to be really happy with him on your team, but he's a three down back. He's going to catch the ball out the backfield. Uh, Donta Foreman is injured still. Uh, he actually started on the physically unable to perform list, so he's going to be out for at least six games. Um, and Deshaun Watson's back, so like he could really have the potential to provide value. I I think he has running back seven upside. Honestly, I really do. And an offense like this, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you have Derrick Henry, who's the biggest running back I've ever seen in my entire life. He's six foot three. He's two hundred thirty eight pounds, and they still go out and get another running back who has been a number one running back in his offense. I don't understand why they don't trust Derrick Henry, and they don't trust Derrick Henry. I don't trust Derrick Henry. I think Lamar Miller is just the, the clear favorite, at least between these two. And we really need to start disagreeing more. Wow. Everything you said, just I agree with it. There's no need for me to take up any more time than that. You guys are really cute. I, I speak I'm glad you think so. I speak for the people. And by the people, I mean Greg. Angela just touched Greg's leg. Yeah, I feel a little uncomfortable. I'm going to switch seats. It in, wasn't in even su- sensual. In a suggestive manner, and it was just... He the, loved it! The, ten- the tensions in the room are just... They're surmounting. Um, so moving on, we have... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, our voices are a little shot from that scary Penn State game. My voice is not made for radio at this point. Um, so, but right now we're gonna compare apples to oranges for the first time in this segment. We got um, the running back of the Oakland backfield, Marshawn Lynch, going up against the wide receiver one of the Chicago Bears and Penn State homer, Allen Robinson. Robinson is not even a question. Why can't fruit be compared? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we took uh, two very different approaches <laughs> to that question. That don't make sense. Yeah, I I love that though. I actually have Marshawn Lynch in in here only only in standard leagues though. Um, so let me let me give let me give you my stat breakdown and prediction for these guys. Um, so. Allen Robinson, and I'm making dead eye contact with Angela because he is the Allen Robinson owner of the league. I think Allen Robinson's going to have 70 catches, 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. Does that sound about right? You know, I feel like in his first year with Mitch Trubisky, that's fair. I'll give you that. So Marshawn Lynch... um, Given his efficiency last year, I think he was like three, four yards a carry. You know, pretty impressive numbers. Four point three. Four. Oh, let me, let me just leave. Okay, it got it got the expert here. John Gruden's bringing back the nineteen nineties in Oakland. Um, so I feel like Lynch. You know, I really don't believe in Doug Martin being a factor in the offense. I feel like he is like some laundry. He needs to be washed. Um, so I feel like Marshawn Lynch. It's going to get 200 carries, 850 yards. Maybe he'll catch, you know, a ball a game, 15 catches, another 100 yards. And I feel like his specialty is going to be falling over the goal line this year. I have him set out for eight touchdowns. So when you put that all together, you know, Robinson in PPR leagues is going to score about, you know, 15, 18 points more than Lynch. Um, but in standard, it's going to be flipped. So that's that's my breakdown on that. Lynch, definitely going to be upgraded in standard leagues. I think Lynch will definitely be a, a factor down at the goal line. But I think that offense in Chicago is going to see a big uptick this year. And I think Robinson's going to be a big part of that. Get a lot of catches. Good pick. Good pick. Excellent work, Johnny. I'm, I'm the only guy that needs to um, go away from the pack right now. I want to give you the other side. Fantasy football. Your side is just wrong. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. Oh my god. Okay, so this is actually this is actually a little a little bit interesting. These two players are going at the same position, and one is the bona fide starter of a you know what I predict to be a terrible offense, and the other one is the clear number two running back 
of uh, an offense that we already talked talked about. Uh, the Falcons, Tevin Coleman, or Tampa Bay's Peyton Barber. What are we thinking? <laughs> we're getting we're getting we're getting deep into drafts right now. These these guys are going at the beginning of the seventh round. Yikes! Well, I want to I want to preface uh, what I say first. Um, these are definitely late round flyers. Um, definitely aren't either, either running back. There, you just can't hang your season on them. Um, I feel like if, if I was forced to pick between the two. Yeah, say you're Thomas Leffler right now. Say you took oh. four wide receivers straight <laughs> to start the draft. Yes. Where are you going right now? What the, what's Doug Baldwin? I don't... Anyway. I would feel a little bit safer picking Tevin Coleman for this reason. The Falcons have proven... That when he's healthy, he's a significant part of the offense. Now, mind you, he's not going to get you 10 points a game. He's going to have this roller coaster season where he'll get you 10 one week, he'll get you 3 the next, and he'll get you 15 the week after that. That's just how it's done. But Peyton Barber, in, in this Tampa Bay offense that doesn't have a, a Jameis Winston, uh... Clearly has some competition uh, at the running back position. I... With Jacquez Rogers? Are you talking about Ronald Jones? I... Ronald Jones in the preseason had 22 carries for uh, 28 yards, I believe. I think those are switch, actually. 28 yeah. carries for 22 yards. No, I, I have to with Peyton Barber here. Again, just from an upside potential. You're looking at Tevin Coleman, and yeah, he has been proven as a part of the offense, but going back to what I said earlier, it's those risky picks, those upside picks that can win you a fantasy football championship. And you look at that offense, even if they're without Jameis Winston, they've still got Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, serviceable NFL veteran, someone who can step in and Did you say that like it was an asset? I said it like it, like it's a push. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good thing. Okay. I'm saying I'm saying he's he's uh, physically able to throw the football in the NFL. All right, Greg, we've had a good run. I'm, if you're gonna hang your hat on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then, and then you look at <laughs> this is his hill that he dies on right here. You look at the other skill with the beard. <laughs> you have OJ Howard at the tight end. You have Mike Evans. You have Deshaun Jackson. You have Chris Godwin. They have a sneaky good set of skill position players which I think can really open up the field for Barber if he capitalizes on his opportunity. Fitzpatrick, as we've seen, long veteran, journeyman NFL career, not afraid to throw the ball around a little bit. If he throws the ball around a little bit, really opens up the field for Barber, and if he can capitalize on that opportunity, I could see him doing some really good things this year. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Tevin I'm gonna lean Tevin Coleman as well. I, I lean Tevin Coleman just Straight up, you know, player versus player. I feel like they're they're gonna they're gonna finish at very similar positions, uh, like they're being drafted in. But the real edge that Tevin Coleman gets, I feel like, is in relief to Devonta Freeman. I feel like they are going to give Devonta Freeman a ton of work. And I don't want to say he's injury prone, but he had two concussions last year that made him miss multiple weeks. Um, I'm pretty sure he deals with lower body injuries um, all the time just from getting hit over and over and over again. This guys he's, he's not Le'Veon Bell. He is a violent runner. And, um, you know, his, his body, you know, takes the damage that uh, he gives out as well. Um, so I give, I give him the slight, the slight edge over Peyton Barber. Tevin Coleman, I feel like, could be a real uh, running back one uh, if Devonta Freeman would go down. Yeah, and I feel the same way about that. Falcons have shown that even when Devonta Freeman's healthy, they're going to check down to Coleman every now and then down to the red zone. So they'll have potential for TDs every week. And with Freeman being injury-prone, I think he has a lot of upside. Moving on, we got rookie roundup coming in. We got Seahawks running back Rashad Penny versus New England Patriots running back Sony Michelle. These are two guys that are banged up going into week one. Um, couldn't help but get on the hype train for both of these guys, uh, especially in the offseason when I was doing meaningless mock drafts that really didn't get me anywhere as far as my fantasy strategy went. However, you can see the upside. Um, 
Rashad Penny was one of the most productive players in college football history. Um, and then Sony Michelle also taken the first round. You can you can't help but think that the Patriots are going to really utilize this talent. Uh, so guys, weigh in. Guys, what are we feeling? The I, I just want to say, ladies and gentlemen, the cat is finally out of the bag. The Seahawks are revealing multiple times over that Chris Carson is going to be the lead back in this offense. I guarantee it. He's looked great in the preseason. He's absolutely ravaging these defensive lines. Um, and I, I think that uh, Sony Michelle still has a, a chance to be the, the number one guy in this Patriots offense. Bill Belichick picked him in the first round. I don't think I've ever seen Bill Belichick pick a running back in the first round. I could be wrong. You can fact check me on that. That's absolutely fine. But this is something I've never seen before. And if Bill Belichick is really high on this guy, I feel like we as mere mortals have <laughs> have no right not to agree. So I'm going to take Sony Michelle on this one. Yeah, and I'm also going to take Sony Michelle. I feel like the Seahawks O-line is cheeks. Uh, Michelle's definitely going to have more upside. Uh, he's going to be more inconsistent as well, though. You're going to have your stud weeks and your dud weeks. Uh, you got to remember, this is a Patriots running back. So I feel like one week it's going to be Michelle. Another week it's going to be Rex Burkhead. I actually think that Rex Burkhead is going to be the preferred uh, running back in that backfield. Uh, but I own him, so I'm also a little biased. Uh, he's going to be a focal point. Prove to me that he can catch balls uh, last season. And as our resident uh, professional and expert on catching balls, I feel like Eric has a great point here. Lee! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> John, do you have an opinion one way or another? Yeah, I mean, I... I think I'd have to go with Sony Michelle as well. Um, it, it is a crowded backfield in um, New England, but I just don't trust that Seattle offense. Too many times last year, they've just given up on the run game during in games, and it just didn't bode well for running backs. It's really going to come down to Russell Wilson. Like, how many scoring positions is he going to put him in? There's people still saying that this team could win eight games, despite the fact that. They've dismantled the defense. The Legion of Boom is long gone, dispersed throughout the league. Um, so it's like, what's going to happen here? Well, and you also have to worry about Russell Wilson taking touchdowns. He's yeah. a bit of a runner, so that just... He, he likes to scramble, John. Yeah. He likes to scramble. The little guy, he's, he's shifty. <laughs> I have no strong opinions. Greg is opting out of being the black sheep. <laughs> Of the podcast, um, I mean, fine. I, I have to lean Michelle just because of the points made about Belichick's drafting, but that backfield is just too crowded for me to give a definitive answer on that. All right, well, we'll move. We'll move on to one that's uh, hopefully a little more easy. I don't know. Um, this is actually the biggest toss-up for me. You got Randall Cobb, uh, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, going up against Robbie Anderson of the Jets. Uh, Robbie Anderson's coming off a breakout year, um, and then where I scooped him off waivers. You, yes, yes, I will give you credit where credit is due, and he also is getting a major upgrade at quarterback. I believe Sam Sam Darnold will start Week One for the Jets. What do we think? So, the, again, this late in the in the draft, uh, it's really it's really tight. It's going to be tight uh, with whoever you pick at this point. Uh, I think in terms of high floors, you definitely have to go with Randall Cobb. Definitely proven, has Aaron Rodgers back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has proven to go to him in the slot over and over and over again. Uh, but if you're talking about ceilings, I think that Robbie Anderson has the higher ceiling here just because, like Derek said, uh, a significant upgrade at the quarterback position and certainly looked like Sam Darnold liked throwing to Robbie Anderson in this preseason. So we're going to see how the chemistry uh, kind of builds there in New York. 
But uh, if I'm going to take players this late in the draft, I want high ceiling players rather than high floor players. Um, and so I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson here. I like being back to agreeing with you. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, my guy Robbie Anderson. I think he's going to do some really good things this year. I think that offense is due for a major uptick. Quarterback upgrade, you got Crowell in the backfield. Uh, this, I could see things going wrong for the Jets as a whole, just depending on how their defense holds up. But I'm excited to see what this offense does this year, especially from a fantasy production standpoint. And Eileen Randall Cobb, um, like I said, it's extremely close for me. I feel like these guys are really going to finish around the same position uh, in drafts, um, right around the wide receiver 30 spot. However, you know, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to have a huge, possibly Super Bowl contending year. And he's going he's gonna to throw, you know, high 20s, low 30s in touchdowns. We have breaking news. Le'Veon Bell did not show up for Monday's practice. <gasps> holding out. Angelo, official reactions. He said he didn't say nothing to no one. Okay? I don't know who said he was coming back Labor Day, but they were wrong. Alright? And I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought that's, that's I the want, appropriate reaction. I want my mom a nice juice box. My blankie. Hey, Ange, does your tummy hurt? It's rumbling. <laughs> He's got rumbles <laughs> in his tumbles. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, am, I am chortling with glee right now, honestly. I am just so ready for you have to, to have to substitute. Who is it? Did you start three, three uh, running backs this week, Angelo? You did, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. So you're just going to... That's that's just a huge blow. Although I feel like even if Le'Veon Bell doesn't, you know, hold out, uh, he's gonna start slow against Cleveland. That uh, that D line is very underrated because they are the Browns and they have not won a game in over a year. John, I cut you off, um, but do you have an opinion, Randall versus Robbie? I think I'm gonna have to go with Randall Cobb here. Just having Aaron Rodgers back, I think he's gonna be slinging the ball out a lot this season. And I think he, I think Cobb's gonna receive quite a few of those passes. So we are a split division right now, two and two. I told you these guys were a toss-up. It's really you could really not go wrong with either guy. They're they're both going to be, uh, you know, wide receiver threes, flex guys. And this is the part of the podcast where I get in a fight with Angelo. <laughs> We got... Let's get it out! We got Kelvin Benjamin versus Ty Lockett. Look, can, I, can I give them a, a brief summary yeah. of, of the situation? Give them the synopsis, uh, yeah. Uh, my, my team name is the Killer Bees. Uh, that's Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Um, personally, I don't want Ben Roethlisberger this year just because uh, that those road stretches, he kind of is a little bit shaky. I think they changed the offense when they go on the road to a little bit more running heavy. Um, and so I, I went with Aaron Rodgers. But besides the point, my third killer B was Kelvin Benjamin. I drafted him in what I believe was the 10th round. Um, and I... All right. Dropped hear, him. <laughs> I, hear me out, okay? I... I, I did a little bit of research. Um, I, I, I looked and, like I said before, inconsistency scares me like nothing else. Um, Kelvin Benjamin was another one of those receivers that would net you 12 or 13 points one week, and then he'd give you a fat two the next. And all of a sudden, Doug Baldwin saying, you know, my knee's still not right. I'll be starting week one, but the thing is going to be nagging me all year, all season. And if it's not going to be Doug Baldwin, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to be T or Ty Lockett. So I, I dropped Kelvin Benjamin. I picked up Ty Lockett. I, I believe in Russell Wilson a little bit more than I believe in Josh Allen. Um... 
And so we'll see how that one goes. A little bit risky, I understand. Um, I'm one of those people that believe in Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, I don't think that he's washed. I don't think he's a scrub. But I do have to take into consideration that they're going to be running the football more, uh, especially with a rookie quarterback. And Josh Allen has looked a little bit shaky this preseason, if you ask me. Ty Lockett, the quote-unquote one-trick pony, the quote-unquote you-can't-trust Ty Lockett. These are all quotes coming from Angelo Madison Jr. from literally a week ago. <laughs> and basically, uh, you it's know, yes, <laughs> I picked up Kelvin Benjamin, uh, which is why I, I made this either or the, uh, this, the final e- either or of the segment. Um, and I, I agree with a lot of things that Angela said. It's not going to be pretty in Buffalo for anybody. I think I was the one that said, I, I think they're going to go 0-16 this year. Um, the O-line is dismantled. You have a rookie quarterback, Sean McCoy. Scary. <laughs> um, but once again, volume reigns supreme. There is nobody to challenge Kelvin Benjamin as the wide receiver one. On the team, I feel like this this team is going to be playing from behind in many, if not all, of their games, which means they're going to have to air out the ball. And I like what uh, Benjamin showed me in the preseason. Benjamin, a player that had um, 1,000 receiving yards, 9 touchdowns in 2014, now joining the cold-weather quarterback of Josh Allen. Oh, wow. Just... <laughs> voice crack oh my god i don't even feel the need to comment on it yeah i just want to let it sit and fester we also (laughs) but (laughs) and listen derek i think that you're making my argument for me uh the the volume guy uh as it seems right now until doug baldwin can prove that he's healthy seems to be ty lockett who else is going to throw to doug baldwin we'll see yep we will. If you have a nagging knee injury, Derek, as a wide receiver, I don't think that it takes a lot of intuition to know that that's not good. I am the resident on knee injuries in the league. <laughs> Why would that be, Derek? Have you seen our logo? <laughs> I'm the one on the back of the cart. Yes, you are, Derek. I tore my ACL sophomore year at high school playing for the Cumberland Valley Eagles. And you hate to see it. And I hated to see it. Um, six months of therapy, eight months of therapy later... Um, but I feel like Doug Baldwin is still going to be the leading receiver on the team. I will give you though, with Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson out of the lineup, there is going to be targets, which is why I drafted Ty Lockett as well. Um, it's going to be interesting. I did put this, put this, uh, either or on Twitter for our poll. We had 67% of the fantasy community preferring Kelvin Benjamin over 33% Ty Lockett. How many votes? Six. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I, I just wanted to make sure that that stat was out there. Derek is a champion of skewed stats. So, uh... Lies, I, damn lies and statistics. I, I think that I'm okay with two to four. We had, we had better results on uh, some of the other polls. <laughs> but this one got six votes. Don't like six votes. So go follow hey, our Twitter at Next Man Up Pod with one P and vote on these polls. Yeah, honestly. Shameless plug. Honestly. So getting into news and notes, um, the biggest news that came out this past week was San Francisco running back Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Ooh. I really believed I was going to take Jarek McKinnon with the third round overall pick, but unfortunately, Jarek McKinnon has torn his ACL and his season oh, is over. Lord. So, I just want to say that Derek doesn't understand what the prodigal son means. And when I said that I uh, went and got a shiny new petty uh, in the name of Alfred Morris, um, he wasn't quite sure what I was trying to get at. But listen, the last time Alfred Morris was fantasy relevant was in the Kyle Shanahan offense. I don't believe so. And uh, look where he's at now. He's got Burrito, which we really don't know what he's going to be. 
uh, hasn't necessarily produced all that much in the preseason. And Alfred Morris has proven to be Kyle Shanahan's guy. So, I believe in Alfred Morris. Um, I think that he'll, he's, not, he's certainly not uh, a, a running back 10 or anything like that, but certainly has some huge upside, especially with this Jarek McKinnon injury. Um, we'll see how it goes. We did put out another poll with the question simply being, where do you think Alfred Morris finishes this year in fantasy? 74%. And this, this we did actually get votes on this poll, by the way. I think we got over 50 votes. So um, I'm not padding my stats, I swear. I'm not asking my mom to only vote <laughs> one position uh, for these polls. 74% of the fantasy community believes that Morris will finish in the top 24 of running backs this season. Over 50% believe that it will be outside of the top 24. And that's right around where I have him. Right now, I have him as my running back 22. Um, I couldn't agree more with America. Uh, they, they've really hit the, the nail on the head here. Beware of Matt Breida, though. I feel like he could be sneaky. Uh, Angelo alluded to, I really... Didn't like I forgot that they picked up Alfred Morris for a hot second, um, and I thought that um, Colin Gallagher, the Matt Breida owner in our league, was going to be the business. Big was going to be the biggest. Going to be the business. He's going to be all the business. All the business. He's going to be the biggest benefactor of this injury. Um, however, nice, nice alliteration there. Thank you. <laughs> however, um, I am an Alfred Morris fan. Um, I owned him last season when I was very scared of Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, you know he's he's somebody I've owned time and time again. You want to make a trade, Angela? No, I don't want to trade with you. Your your cheeks. No. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to next, this actually doesn't really have any fantasy impact other than I guess if you play in individual individual defensive player leagues or you're just a fan of the Chicago defense as a streamer down the line but John Gruden Chip Kelly comps coming out here he's selling the entire team traded Khalil Mack to the Bears the Bears the Bears I believe he got two first round picks in 2019 and 2020 and an additional uh, compensatory comp- an additional pick <laughs> from the Bears. Um, what's what's happening in Oakland? Gruden time. <laughs> but this is the thing. Like John Gruden is on record saying over and over again how much he loves Khalil Mack. I don't understand why he didn't get this man paid. I'm distraught. Official quote from John Gruden after this move. He said, they're going to second guess us until the cows come home. He looked so shaky in that interview. He was like, I know I messed up here. Uh, all right. That was John Gruden. The best, the best part of this is watching every single player on the Oakland Raiders team tweet, no way, after this move. <laughs> Derek Carr is distraught. <laughs> you know who did get paid, though? Little guy known as Aaron Rodgers. Biggest money. What is it? What is it? Like 180 mil? 103 guaranteed. 103 guaranteed. Odell Beckham also putting together massive deals as well. Odell just got paid tons of money to catch Eli's interceptions before he throws them. I need defense on offense. Strong, I, strong quote. I wish I was recording you so I could make that into a GIF, honestly. Um, and then we also have uh, Doug Baldwin, injury news, just wrapping up. He's got a knee injury. He said it's going to be nagging him all season. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is also uh, expected to miss at least the first two games to start the season. Nick Foles is also uh, supposed to start week one. And Jay Ajayi has returned to practice Looking down my flex position, I'm like, Jay Ajayi? I don't know. I don't know. Ah. Jay Ajayi or Deion Lewis for people that aren't playing me in fantasy this year? Who would you like? 
I'm, you know, I actually... I, I, I'm not talking to you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, 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 easy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lean Dion Lewis because I share the same opinion as Thomas Leffler, which is always a scary thing to do, um, <laughs> that Corey Clement is going to be the starter by the end of the season. That is a bold call. I... What? Not that, <laughs> not that Ajayi won't still have a relevant and strong role, but if you look at what Clement can do in the passing game, look at how elusive he is as a runner, you look at the youth there, the way they're going to want to develop him, I see a lot of upside. And even if that doesn't happen, Ajayi's still going to have snaps taken away as a result of that. There's a man by the name of Darren Sproles. How dare you? All right? I just want to understand... How you could praise and like sing the praises of uh, Darren Sproles until the cows come home, and he has one injury, and all of a sudden, it's the Corey Clement show. That makes no sense to me. Jay Jai is their clear bruiser. Darren Sproles is their clear third down back. I don't see a spot for Corey Clement in this offense. He's a utility guy. That's all he is. That's all he's going to be. No, I don't agree. I feel like Sproles is the gadget guy. He's the Tavon Austin type. He's only going to be in on design runs in which he's, uh, you know, taking huge sweeps. And on return uh, plays. Yeah, and return plays. I don't, I, don't, I don't want him to return balls. He's so old. He's older than Adrian Peterson. Come on. Um, I feel like Corey Clement is the pass catcher in this backfield. I do like him as a sleeper late in drafts. Um, however, I opted for Jay Ajayi. Um, John, Dion Lewis, or Jay Ajayi? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Ajayi here. He's just he's forced to be reckoned with on the Eagles, and I feel like he's going to get a lot of touches. This is this decision is going to keep me up late at night. Hey, guys. Our recording actually got cut off for, on the Anchor app while we were recording. A uh, little salty about it, but we were actually already an hour uh, an hour into our time, so we wanted to just wrap things up. So apologies for the inconvenience there. Uh, we really wish that you could you could have heard me roasting Johnny for taking a kicker first the first kicker off the board in the ninth round with Greg Zerloin, but unfortunately technical difficulties occurred. Um, we wanted to give a shout out to USA Today for featuring our preseason coverage of the NFL. This was something that actually happened about a week ago, but a friend was able to send us a screenshot of our coverage. Even though we botched the tweet, I believe I said that um, Patriots first round lineman Isaiah Wynn had torn his ACL, but it is, it is actually his Achilles. Uh, regardless, he's out for the season, and it was really dope that uh, we were able to get featured on uh, USA Today. Uh, great exposure. Social media at Next Man Up Pod with 1P on Twitter and Instagram. Finally, quick note, guys, just hit us up with an iTunes review uh, if, if you like what you hear. We are very close to being ranked on iTunes, so hit us, hit us up with a five-star review if you like what you hear, love what we put out. Um, would definitely love to see us get that exposure. Uh, but thank you so much for watching. This is Derek Rieger from Next Man Up signing off.